0: Hey everybody, this is Dave Broadbeck coming to you from my podcast studio, which is actually in my daughter's old bedroom. Anyway, uh, coming up, Psychology 3256, Advanced Univariate uh, Statistics, it used to be called Design and Analysis, but that was a stupid name, so we changed it. Uh, I hope you like it, this is for Fall of 2019, by the way, and uh, you like it or not, look, you have to know, stuff,
1: you know, stuff, you know.
0: This is a really strange way to do things, but it's one of those things that sometimes happens, and that's why um, we're going to talk about this today. So, usually all of our factors, independent variables in other words, are crossed (coughs) with each other. In other words, all levels of factor A occur with all levels of factor B. So each level of A occurs with every level of B. A1, B1, A2, B2, A2, B1, A2, B2. I think I said them all right there. For example. And I'm not talking about subjects. We have nested with subjects all the time. When we're in between subjects variable, subjects are nested within the levels. I think you can see where this is going. Today I'm going to talk about when levels of an independent variable are nested within another variable. This isn't an intractable problem, but it's, it's something you, the best way to avoid the problem is to not do this. But it does come up, and that's why I'm going to talk. So sometimes things are different. Sometimes, this is usually because of some constraint on the research. This is not something you would design into a study. It would be ridiculous to design this into a study. So here's an example. Um, and, in fact, this is a real-world example. This was done at a hospital in Toronto. Or three hospitals. Three? Yes. Three hospitals in Toronto in the 1980s. Uh, a friend of mine consulted on this. Uh, one of the ways, as a graduate student, uh, who has some ability in psychology, <coughs> and statistics, usually psych- biostatistics, so psychology, biology, mostly, um, is you can make money consulting. You can't make a lot, but you make money. So what you do is because a lot of times, especially medical researchers, don't have any stats. <coughs> so they need somebody to come in and do it, and they're, you got them over a barrel, and you say, yeah, that'll be $200 an hour. And uh, I've, I've done that once. I did it for 15 minutes and told them this wasn't, you, you designed this for really, and you should do it again. That's all I said. <laughs> then I said, that'll be $200. Um, my friend Todd did this, who I uh, mentioned before, who's a flawed person, best Todd uh, was consulted by some people, and this, was, this wasn't them. I think they knew what they were doing, but they had no choice but to do their study this way. This was different medications for pain for burn survivors. So you have six drugs, and drugs are nested within hospitals. There are three different hospitals. Now, originally, what you might think to yourself is just ignore it. Hospitals are the same. No, well, they're not each hospital is a staff giving the drugs, right? The food's probably different in each hospital. It's still garbage, but at least it's different in each the hospital. Um, the, there's all kinds of possible differences. You have to take it into account. No, take it into account. But the problem here is that drugs are not crossed with hospitals. That was impossible for a couple of reasons. The first reason is resources. Um, you couldn't... Have each hospital, have each drug. It just wasn't possible. Secondly, and sort of happily, there weren't enough burn survivors. There were enough people that were uh, in severe pain from from these are this is like your whole body. This is like only hurt my hand. Okay. So we have five burn survivors per group. So in other words, we have these different groups, we have six groups. So across Toronto, there were in these three hospitals, there were 30 participants in this study. So you see, you want to take hospital into account, but the problem is hospital is not crossed with drug, which ideally it would be, because you could look for a drug by hospital interaction and say, that shouldn't be there, right? But a drug effect, you hope that's there, okay? So you understand the design, and you understand why this happened. It's just a constraint based on the real world. The other problem was, and this is what my friend said, could you do another set of trials crossing everything when you know sadly more people will get burned. And they said, no, we have this is the money we have. This is all we can do. Oh, Okay. I guess we'll do it your way. So you have to take the hospital variants into account. Really ethically, right? Because you're doing a drug trial. Like, this isn't this is about making people's lives a little more bearable. So it's weird here because we have hospitals, and drugs within hospitals. So the first thing you list is the between-subject factor, which is hospitals. You start at the top of the hierarchy, okay? and then you go the nested, any nested factor, which is also, in this case, a between-subject factor. Drugs within hospitals, and then you do subjects within drug-hospital interactions. And it's not S within D within H, it's just S within DH. Because from the subject's point of view, sort of looking up at the design, they can't see anything over here, I'm within an interaction of hospital and drug. Does that make sense? So you think of it that way, it's kind of like the subject is looking up in that table, and they can't see beside them. So they're looking up and going, I'm in drug one, hospital one. I'm in a drug-hospital interaction. I don't know what anybody else is. So when you do the analysis, the mean square you're going to divide by for both of these, hospital is drug within hospital, is, is subjects by drug within hospital. The one we care about for our result to find out if, this, if there's a difference between the drugs is the drug within hospital. effect. That's what we're going to care about. We really don't care about the hospital effect. In fact, we would be surprised if there was not a hospital. I guess you could probably make the argument if there was no effective hospital that you could redo this as a simple one way AO. The problem is that's going to make the error term bigger. You just ignore the hospital effect and you just say, you know, one way AO with six levels. You probably could do that, that's not going to make your error term bigger and you're going to lose some sensitivity to detecting a drug effect. So you're really over a barrel here. This is really tough. But in this case, you kind of have to do it. So you expect probably to have a hospital effect. And like I said, if it's small enough, you probably, if you're going to get F around one or something like that, you might for hospital, you might say, you know what? I'm just going to do this as a one way ANOVA. So there are cases where this kind of design is useful, and it's typically things that are constrained because you're out in the field. You're not in a lab. You would not design this like this, this in a lab. If you did, uh, if the person who you were working with, like your supervisor or something, or your, and your colleagues who you talked to your work about, didn't look very closely to your design. Or you were dumb enough not to ask people what they thought of your research design. You should always do that. Science should be collaborative and social, so you should always ask people, what do you think of this? I keep telling my honor students about their graphs. And say, I like them that way. I said do them two ways and ask people what they mean, which ones they like better, because you're probably wrong. Because I've, I've had that experience many times. I've right? graphs, so and I go to people, and I say, what does this mean? And they go, I don't know. Oh, that one I know what happened. At it's the same day, they just wrapped it. For me. So you'd always talk to people about your design. In this case, this is what happened. They brought in a consultant. They were smart to bring in a consultant. Um, and he said, you kind of got to do it this way. Sorry. Give me $500. <laughs> so it's, you know, I'll do it. Okay, the analysis is got going to be $500. I remember explaining this to about, like, well, I'll talk about any cells next time. But they actually have missing, whole missing cells. It was great. And yeah, I just went downstairs. It was like, wow. It was weird. You're in you this building. There was also the potential I-DEC. They do a transplants. They had to be stored there. So guys would show up coolers. You realize it's a cooler full of human eyes.
1: Oh
0: my God. I, said, and I said, "Can you get more subjects?" And you said, "I said, you need more eyes.'" I said,
1: "Yeah, <laughs> I guess."
0: I <laughs> <laughs> thought, I was going to fix everything. He said, "I called." But I called this professor in psychology, and he said, "Talk to David Brodbeck. I said, "He didn't say David Brodbeck would fix your your study. It's done wrong. That'll be two hundred dollars." <laughs> did it when I was a postdoc too. And it was really cool. And this woman didn't analyze the data, and so she came to me and I gave her hand. And then I get this phone call from her father. He's a graduate student. And, and he's like, Well, I'm a medical doctor. I said, Well, I have a PhD. I said, Wouldn't you do a key test? And I said what are the assumptions of a t-test? And which one would you use? And he was completely flown. I really enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> it was like one of those rare moments when you go. It's one of the, the only, one of the few times in my life I go, Do you know who I am? <laughs> and like, really, I can't do that anymore. So here's another example. So you understand that this design? It's weird and it's crazy. And don't do it, but you can see why it would happen. So here's another example. This is with three subjects. Oh, wait, that came in. So we got A1, A2, B1 to 4, C1, C2, and we've got here are our groups, 1, 2, 3, 4. So move that over. So now we have nesting within of, of, of variables, and within subject variable as well. So what are our independent, or sorry, yeah, well independent groups, or what are what are our between subjects factors? No, we're a nesting right now. What are our between subjects factors? Well, gonna be A, B, or C, guys. is C between? Is it, the different subjects get different levels of C. Oh no, everybody gets every level of C. It's a within subject variable. B is different, because different subjects get different levels of B. But wait, there's more. oh A. Okay. Yeah, A is two. And when you talk about B, can you talk about B by itself. No. No, it's B with an A. Yeah. Yeah, so it's also a between-subjects factor. So we got A, B <laughs> and A are between, and then subjects are nested. Can you go back to
1: the hospital one, just I, so I can look? Like,
0: Sure, let's go back to the hospital. The
1: design? Oh, the design. Let's go way
0: back. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. And? So you see different drugs are within different levels of hospital. Right?
1: Yeah.
0: So drugs within hospital. One and two are within one, three and four are within two, five and six are within three. So like, if we did this with using our standard A B labels, yeah. it hospital would be like A and the drug would be B. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Make sense now? Yeah. Yeah. You see what's crazy? Because that's what we're testing—not just drugs by themselves. Okay. So back to our example. So, Yates order is your friend. The idea of between subjects within. The final piece of that is we have a hierarchical design. It's, well, let's talk the hierarchy first. So, it's going to be A, B within A, and we're going to go from there. Okay? So, keep that design in mind. A 1, two, uh, a one and 2, and then B 1 and 2 are within A 1, 3 and 4 are within A 2, C 1 and C 2... Everybody gets every level of C. Okay. Um, up this All right. So uh, questions like this? I think I think it's tour. After to school here, that's great. Um. <laughs> no, it's recruiting.
1: What I was doing that. Just a little tiny, little, just a little bit. What? <laughs> Too
0: Sitting things like that, she's horrible. Um, so, if you look at this, if you look at this, you see now, we've got, like, just like I said, right? A, B within A. Could you interact B within A by A? That would not make any sense. So, we, let's do subjects. Subjects are within A, B interactions, yeah? They're not within, subjects within B within A. Again, the subject looks up and sees, I'm in A1, B1. They can't see over here, or over here they you can just see up. Okay? Well, you can't go subjects within A, B by A, so, oh, we're done. Let's do the within. C. C by A. C by B within A. C by S within A, B. And as Gordon Ramsay says in all his cooking videos, done. <laughs> <laughs> see What he And what kind of sandwich? What's that? And what kind of sandwich? Oh, I thought it was sandwich. Ah, you donkey! Shut it down! See, you hot ones where Hot pan, olive oil, yeah. Sear. It's always the same thing. I love him. I want to hang it. We should get him out. Great, great. Can you your GPS?
1: <laughs> well, well, I that. do.
0: I had GLaDOS from Portal at the GPS for a while, and he did wrong directions. So turn <laughs> right, and it was supposed to turn oh, left. It's great. Like I watched him. You know, I worked with someone with a similar personality, such, attitude, in kitchens of his uh, kitchen nightmare mm-hmm. type things. And wow. Yeah. Like the first week that it happened, where he would do a sandwich and like to scream at people yeah. and stuff. I went up to that one man. I was like
1: where
0: you go to camp not to me like that. And I just like walk away. And every time I see Gordon Ramsay, like I know it's TV, but I get mad. Well, the difference is, so Gordon Ramsay has 24 initial stars, and I don't think we're just having anything. No. no. Yes. But like, even so. Oh, no, no, it's, it's not nice. It's not nice. <laughs> it's not nice. But thanks doesn't make me TV. See, are young kids. It's really important. That's <laughs> have to get them young and I like, it's make exactly sure they it. don't know anything else. Know. <laughs> My daughter was coming to the campus when she was just a little older. than yeah, so. <laughs> So, what we're going to do now, let's work with degrees of freedom, it's not surprising that this works. A minus 1, so that's uh, going to be 1, B minus 1 times A, right, N minus 1 times AB, blah, blah, blah. So, and we're going to test, you always test this with what's below it, that has it and subjects in it, right? So C with C by S within AB, C by A, C by S within AB, C by B within A, by C by S within a b. All right. So, you should be able to go the other way, too. You should look at the design, like an analysis of various people, and say, what's the design? And I think I told you guys this the other day, that the first thing I do when I'm reviewing an article for a journal is I draw out the design, because people do stats wrong. They don't usually, usually don't, but one of the ten of the papers I get, somebody's done something, they just done it wrong, and no one's caught it. So you help people, because if you don't, you're a jerk. So let's look at this. we got B subjects within B, A, B, and A by S within A, B. Okay, do we have any nested variables, well, except for subjects? Happily, in this case, no. Uh, let's see, how many levels of B do we have? Three, because we have two degrees of freedom for B. Are A and B crossed with each other? Is it nesting? I don't see B within A or A within B, so we're good there. So how many levels in A do we have? (laughs) Also three, right? Subjects are nested within B. That means different different subjects or different groups are within each level of B. But that also should tell you that well, you that—that's one way to look at it. The other way is always goes between subjects within. Oh, between. So we have different groups for B one, B two, and B three. The only thing we have to figure out is how many subjects do we have in each group. So what's little n? There's two ways to do this. There's the easy way. So, Easy way, like the best way. And that's to look and say we have how many observations in total? Thirty-six. Because we have thirty-five degrees of freedom. We have nine cells. Thirty-six divided by nine is. Oh, okay. I know it's your calculator. Thank you. Four. And equals four. Ten marks in the final exam, right there. What? That's no. You practice them. These are Sarah. These are actually easy to do in practice. It's a matter of practice. At first, this is the first time you've done we've done this going this way back. You practice in your these, and you will be getting, when I set up a Facebook study group for the course, you will be getting a series of review questions Don't worry.
1: It's a thing I do. Or you should join.
0: You will have to join the Facebook. <coughs> you don't have to. You can I can email you the questions, but then you don't get the interaction with everybody else in the class. All right, so so remember about these designs. Um, Using AIDS Order, you can figure out the design and the error term for anything. You can always figure this out. Um, Here's a problem. Is hospital a fixed factor or random factor?
1: Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I can make a case that
0: it's fixed, but really, I want to generalize to every hospital. But then they expect the values of the mean squares don't work out. So <laughs> it's probably bad. <laughs> like you shouldn't do it. You should really avoid these kind of things because in this and usually you're in the field and these kind of variables tend to be things that you could make a very strong case that they're supposed to be random factors that changes things. Avoid these designs like the plague, or something worse because the plague is pretty curable Strange thing to say,
1: Um, but it really is. All right. Okay, so that's.
0: So here's another crazy design. This is called the Latin Square. Um. We've talked about procedures for dealing with a nuisance variable, right? Blocking, <coughs> right? So you get heterogeneous internal units. You get people that are the same on some variable. Different oh, was it uh, experience? And, you know, knowing a second language, the best second language learning ability, was a nuisance variable, and we blocked on that, and that would work pretty well. Um, you can certainly use repeated measures, which are obviously a special case of blocking, because you're using the subject as their own control. So those are a couple of ways to deal with nuisance variables, one nuisance variable. You could also do something which we're not going to talk about in this course, called ANCOVA, which is Analysis of Covariance. What this does is it statistically controls for a nuisance variable. So let's say you thought that we did some study and we thought that, I don't know, your GPA, like how you do in school, what would affect how you scored on something besides the um, the, the, the treatments. We could actually measure your, your GPA, and we can statistically remove the variance due to GPA. It's not ideal, but it's doable. Uh, it's actually pretty simple. And if you look on SPSS in the General Linear Model um, procedure, there's a thing it causes ANCOVA, like and then it'll say and You can just put a variable there. So if you want to play around, you can. The thing is, it's just not an ideal way to do things. It's better if we can make sure that this nuisance variable subjects are the same on them like we do with blocking, because then we know they are, rather than saying we're gonna use math to do it. So what if you had two nuisance variables? So now you have, and you have a third variable you're interested in, but you have two nuisance variables. That can happen. It's rare, but it happens. So now we have, we're going to basically sort of put together two randomized block designs into one special, exciting, and annoying kind of analysis of variance. We're going to put one nuisance variable in rows, like we would usually, and one in columns. And I'm, I'm much more excited about that than I should be. It's getting to be confirmed, and I just, I'm really excited about that okay. Also. Yes, there's still lots of snow. The sun is shining. The sun is shining. It's very nice. It is true. It's a very nice day. It's very impressive. Soon the snow will melt. I will ride my bicycle again. Almost certainly illegally, because I probably should be riding a vehicle on the road. Um, okay. In fact, when I was five, a woman from the Canadian National Institute for the Blind came by the a social worker to enroll me. You know, and they said, well, "I'd like to meet your son. Where is he?" My dad goes, "There he goes, There's a bike." <laughs> <laughs> you can't ride a bike. My dad's some There he goes. <laughs> so you get something that looks like this. That's again, I'm starting to just entertain myself both with the transitions and fade-ins and stuff. So. These columns and rows are actually, these are different levels of a nuisance variable. And these, this is where it's weird, and I'm sorry about this. This is not my convention. I wouldn't do it this way, but this is what you see in textbooks and stuff. So that's why it's like this. A, B, C, and D aren't different variables. They're different levels of the one independent variable we care about. Okay? Put that over there. So these are levels of a factor of an independent variable. They're not different independent variables. So, each level occurs in each ordinal position. Okay? So, each row, in other words, each row and each column has each level once. See, now you might say to yourself, well, why don't we just do this where we measure those two nuisance variables, and then we have... We do, in this case, a 4 by 4 by 4. Well, suddenly this becomes a much bigger design. So instead of needing 16 people, I need 30, 64 people. Is that right? Yeah, 64. And that may not be ridiculous. 64 people isn't impossible. Awesome. When it becomes a 5 by 5 by 5, then it gets ridiculous. I once had a student use this. And she did an eight by eight. Okay? So it was eight levels of the of each basis variable and eight levels of the independent variable. So she did what? Uh, just an eight by eight. That's pretty, That's not so bad. Right? That's what, 64. Well, 64 times eight. A lot more. We didn't have that many undergraduates to
1: study.
0: And she'd still be collecting data. But she did a great thesis. But it was like, we needed to do it this way. It was cool. It was about detecting Poisonous others you know, this is very cool. So we row, each column. So look, if you had a two by two, well, you know, if you had a two by two, you wouldn't do this. You'd go a two by two by two, that's easy. Or if you had a three, three levels, if you start to get four, it starts to get a little unwieldy. thinking about maybe using one of these squares. So you need an equal number um, of rows, columns, and independent variable levels. And the model, which we've kind of been avoiding, thinking about the models last week or so, but in this case, it's any score equals the grand mean plus the rows, the columns, and the independent variable. And then what's left over x equals mu plus alpha beta gamma epsilon. Alpha plus beta plus gamma plus epsilon. One of the things you'll probably note here is that there's no interaction here. We have three variables. There's nothing, there's no AB, no AC, no ABC, no BC. Because every level hasn't occurred with every other level, we can't test it. So, the analysis of variance looks like this. Rows, columns, independent variable, residual. P P is the number of rows, number of columns, number of levels of the independent variable. So you have P minus 1 for rows, P minus 1 for columns, P minus 1 for independent variable, and the residual. You test mean squared for individual, sorry, for the independent variable by the mean squared for residual. That, what's left over? Error. Yeah, it's error. It's what's left over. See, but it's not really individual variation. Yeah. It's individual variation within a row, column, and treatment level. So we call is it residual. It's shorter. E is the number of rows, and the number of columns, the number of and everything. number of Oh, because the has to, to be. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. There are weird designs you can do. Where you could have a limited subjects one, what you have to have is two subjects in each of those cells. Or more. You can't just have one because you couldn't do variance, a variance calculation with one. Yeah, please. Oh, no? I thought you had a pencil up with me. No, if go to an auction, you end up buying something. <laughs> Sold the woman in the front row. That'd be $27,000. Unlike hierarchical designs we just talked about, this is actually useful. Now, you've got to meet a pretty stringent set of assumptions, but if you can, there's nothing wrong with this design. So conclusions about this. So, like I said, the assumptions are stringent. The big assumptions here are the same number of rows, columns and variable levels. And no interactions. And you can't tell if there are interactions. Like, that's not something you can find out from this. Wait, what are the rows again? Same, well, number, same of number of rows, 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 columns, and levels of the independent variable. That's probably doable. And no
1: interactions.
0: And no interactions. That's the hard part because there's no way to know if there's no interactions. Because to find out if there's interaction in a 5 by 5 black mm-hmm. square, you actually need a 5 by 5 by 5 design. Well, need to have every level occur with every other level of every
1: level.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and to define this interaction by definition, right? But you can't do that with this. It's impossible. Or, as Ralph Wisdom would say, it's impossible. We <laughs> fail statistics? That's impossible. P is less than 0.05. That's not even remotely funny. <laughs> I don't know why the final point doesn't keep showing up here. So yeah, and the final point is just is equal number of rows, columns, and levels of the variable. Um, there's nothing wrong with these designs, Unlike the hierarchical thing, which is garbage, <laughs> these are really okay. Now, what could you do? There's other things you can do. I remember uh, uh, when I was in grad school, we had a test. Was it our final? It was probably our final. Um, we were given a partial Latin square, a 5 by 4, and asked, how do you analyze it? I can't remember how to figure that out. Or you could do something really cool. You could have two different Latin squares. And then you would have, so you have five, let's say five by five and five by five, but the positions are different for each. And then you have another, a final, so you have rows, columns, independent variable, residual, and what other source of variation would you have? Which? order? The order thing. Yeah, the order you can actually deal the designs between squares would be the one. You can also do something really weird, which is called a hyperlatin square, which is actually a cube. (laughs) So it's like that. And the levels of the third variable, you don't use uh, letters; you use Hebrew letters, and I don't know why. So don't worry, you run into that. That's the kind of thing you're really going to do advanced stats, book we the final thing of the chapter of Latin squares. and you go, yeah, like I'm never going to do this. And you just, okay. <coughs> so there's a lot of interesting things one can do. But for our purposes, the Latin score is a perfectly fine design and not something you should avoid, uh, if necessary. But it's, like I said, I've had, God, I think I figured it the other day in my career, I think I've supervised almost 100 honors thesis projects. And I've had one person but it was totally useful, like it was a completely reasonable design, I guess. It was that design use. All right, questions? Okay, so what if you're given data that already has an interaction taken care of? Like they give you the value for the interaction? I don't understand what you mean. Okay, so the one that I showed you yesterday, where they have right. already accounted for, two levels in each value. Yes. So then, because I'm not looking at an interaction anymore, can I use this to look at No, those? because Why? this this is making a very... Well, what you could do in that case, if there's, there's no action that you know is not significant? Yeah. Interesting question. There are cases... There are cases where I can't find chalk. Okay, oh, we go. You threw it on
1: the ground.
0: <laughs> so there are... Let's just say you have a, a simple, a straight-ahead two by two, okay? And we know typically our model for a two by two is this. X equals mu plus alpha plus whoops, beta plus alpha beta plus epsilon. It would be nice, possibly, to simplify this and remove that So let's say you're sure there's no interaction. Let's say you look at the. And it looks like that. Well, not like that, that's not good. So it looks like this. Just exploratory data analysis, you look and you see you've got parallel lines, but you're having trouble finding significance. Get some more degrees of freedom. Why don't we just redo the analysis and just do it this way? X equals mu plus alpha plus beta plus epsilon. Now the variance, this variance better be bloody small because it's all going here. So it's all going epsilon. You can do that. It's rare when people do that. That's a practical. That's a, a theoretical question you can ask, but practically, because taking that variance out makes you happy. So let's just take it out and just say it's a significant amount. But you can, do But you wouldn't use a Latin square in that case. Latin square is under a very specific set of circumstances. When you have an equal number of subjects, sorry, an equal number of levels of rows, columns, and I and Remember, it's just one subject in each of those levels. Or sort of like the GNU license. Um, I hope you learned something, but if you didn't, I, unless you're one of my students, I really don't care. Um, the music, by the way, for each, uh, song for each, uh, uh, episode <laughs> lecture uh, is uh, available they're all podcast uh, like pod safe music so if you want to uh, find out about the bands there's links on my website at people.ac.ca slash broadback uh, if those links don't work just contact me and I'll find uh, I'll find out um, often I put links uh, actually in the uh call them show notes or blog posts so uh, you know buy these people's music they're, they're making the stuff available out there uh, thanks everybody we'll see you next time